On today's podcast, I had Gaven on, also known as the Swami Crypto. It's funny, all these crypto guys have different aliases and he is no different. But on this episode, we talked about DeFi. Now, DeFi is a buzzword many of you probably heard about. Maybe you've heard about Mark Cuban losing all his money doing it. Maybe you've heard about Time Wonderland or the Olympus Dow or like all these things. Um, we jump into all of those. We talk about what makes um, DeFi safe, what are some risks to avoid. We also talk about like what these actual terms mean. You know, I've heard of liquidity pools. I've heard of yield farming. I've heard of DAOs. But we go in depth on what is the difference between all of those and how they actually work and how they generate these crazy returns that, you know, they're advertising. So um, it was a really good episode. And um, we also talk about the aspects of real estate when it comes to DeFi and crypto and uh, why I'm so excited about my upcoming project, Tykes. So um, make sure you stay to the end because we're going to jump into all of those topics. And uh, if you're into crypto or even if you're just into real estate, you should probably listen because um, everything we go over is going to impact real estate very heavily. And it's just a matter of time. So with all that being said, let's jump into the podcast. Welcome to the Ryan Pineda Show, where our mission is to invest. I only expect to make money in things that I understand. Innovate. It's about believing in the future and thinking that the future will be better than the past. And inspire. I am much more likely to hit my goal just due to putting it out there. Now rocking with the best. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Ryan Pineda Show. Today, I've got a crypto guy. Um, you guys know I've got my NFT tykes coming out here very shortly tykes.io for anyone who wants to get it. Um, but one big thing I want to do is interview a lot more crypto people since that's kind of the space I am headed um, with all of this DeFi, NFTs, blockchain, like, you know, there's going to be a ton of stuff happening. And so the man I have on today is an expert in DeFi. And some of the things he was telling me pre-show, I don't even understand fully. And um, I'm excited to pick his brain because I'm going to ask him as if I was a kindergartner trying to understand this stuff. And um I've got none other than my man, Gaven, who they call the Swami Crypto. What do they call you, dude? That's what my students call me, man, the Swami. <laughs> what does it mean? So Swami in Indian means uh, teacher or guru. Okay, so the crypto guru. Yeah, and my my teacher, I uh, I had colon cancer and I had a, a, a teacher. This was about uh, three years ago. And so she saw that I was always teaching people. And so she's like... One day she she comes up to me. She's like, "I'm gonna name you Swami. You're the crypto Swami." And so I said, "All right, I'll take that. That's easy." So that's uh, that's where my name came from. That's funny, dude. It reminds me of um, did do you watch sports? Uh, some. Okay, so Chris Berman. I want to say that he was called the Swami or something. Swami. <laughs> he was like called the Schwam or or something like that. But uh, I never even knew what it meant. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it was from that. I'm yeah. Guessing. So I I just I took it to heart and I was like, man, that, that's what that's my calling. I want to start, you know, really diving in and teaching crypto. And I was good at explaining things, things that hopefully I can explain to you on a kindergarten level. Yeah. Uh, so that people could understand like how to get into crypto. So that's where it came from. Yeah. So the the amazing thing with crypto is there's so many different elements to it and so many niches and things, right? Like I've had um Lucas on, you know, he's known as the blockchain boy. And that's the funny thing about cryptos. Everyone's got their freaking... Their call sign. They got their... He's the <laughs> blockchain boy. You got... Uh, what's the one guy who... Um, 
There's BitBoy Crypto. BitBoy Crypto. Like, nobody has their real name. So I guess for me to be a legit crypto guy, I need, like, a, a sick name. So uh, we're going to have to figure that out. Well, hopefully by the end of this session, we'll uh, we'll think of it. Yeah. So we'll figure that out. But anyways, um, you're a specialist in DeFi. Yep. Correct? So kind of tell people what DeFi is. Yeah. So DeFi is, if you want to put it in its simplest terms, it's becoming your own bank. So we often tell people like when they come on board, it's about BYOB, not bring your own beer, but become your own bank. And that means like you custody your money and then you're able to do with your money what like JP Morgan Chase is doing and what the NASDAQ is doing and what Binance is doing. And that's what we're really teaching people is how to leverage the new technology uh, using smart contracts and blockchain so that you can self-custody your money and then make those gains like the banks have access to and the uh, centralized exchanges have access to. Okay. So basically you're able to still hold your money in Mm -hmm. some cases and have it pay you interest, essentially. That's correct. Okay. And like ridiculous amounts of interest. And it's kind of crazy because, you know, we don't realize how much the banks make. You know, and what we what we do, and we'll talk about this here in a little bit, but what we do in, in DeFi is it's kind of a, a, a way that the banks do with fractional reserve banking, except we do it like within gravity, right? Like the banks just keep printing money, and that's why we're kind of in this inflationary spiral out of control. That doesn't happen in DeFi because you get liquidated. Yeah, and I know all about that. I actually, <laughs> <laughs> I was keeping some money um, in one of these DeFi's, and uh, I got liquidated when the crash happened. Yeah, some, and I actually, so the first time I got liquidated, um, you know, I had a chance to add funds to it, and I did. And then, unfortunately, c- crypto kept crashing. Yeah, and then I was like, you know what, just let it liquidate. Right. Um, and I'll just buy back in when it's the right time. Right. So, yeah, being liquidated is not fun. No. No, <laughs> and, I, and I've been there before, and I see my theory is different. Like, anytime my ratio gets out of balance, I keep buying in, and right. it's a way for, like, me to dollar-cost average. Right, yeah. But, you know. Well, I think for me, it just happened so fast, and, and I was over-leveraged, yeah. and I was just like, what the heck is going on here? Right. And I had to have a buddy send me, like, a couple hundred grand to, like, oh, well. make it right (laughs) okay he was like dude you know you're about to be liquidated and i was like really he's like yeah look at the markets and i was like holy crap like this you know it was one of those days where it dropped like freaking 30 percent you know right and so i was like okay well um he's like do you want to add to it and i said yeah you know i believe in crypto and so we did and then it got liquidated again and i was like dude i'm just gonna wait it out yeah <laughs> well yeah and and part of that because i you know i experienced that at the beginning when i was first getting into DeFi. and remember you know DeFi is relatively new i mean we're talking about technology that's less than two years old right now mm-hmm. and so when i first started borrowing and lending on decentralized protocols it was uh it was you know sobering because you're like holy crap i can take my bitcoin and and leverage it you know 80 percent yeah and i did that uh, my first time around and just the slightest little dump in Bitcoin and it was like, whoop, liquidated. yeah, liquidated. And so I had to learn the hard way, which I usually do, but it makes me a better teacher. Um, and, you know, now I never go above a 25% LTV uh, ratio because that is, uh, I like to be very, very conservative because like rule number one, don't lose money. Yeah. And anytime that gets out of balance, 
I use that as the opportunity to buy more Bitcoin, buy more Ethereum, or buy more cryptos that are like in my top five right. uh, that I want to borrow against and never sell. Yeah, and I think that's a smart strategy. I think a lot of these let you take up to what, 70, 80%? 80%. Yeah, so I think I was at like 60 to, and you know, yeah. that was any kind of fluctuation will pretty much liquidate you. Done. Yeah, yeah especially a 30% dump. Yeah, exactly. So that's what happened to me. Don't do that, guys. Um, <laughs> be a much more conservative is smart. So my experience, I'll share my experience, and then you can tell me about all the ways that I don't even know about. So my first experience with, which, and I don't even know if you would call this DeFi, but was buying a bunch of Bitcoin and putting it on BlockFi. Mm -hmm. Would you consider that as part of DeFi? No, that's CeFi. Okay, because Centralized they, finance. they're housing it, right? Correct. So, you know, I put my Bitcoin there. They, you know have it under custody, and then I was making, I don't know, 5 to 8% or something, yeah. right? Nothing crazy. But it was better than nothing right. because uh, if I was just in my Coinbase, I was making nothing, and that's still yeah. centralized, so it doesn't really matter. Right. Um, then I took it all off when I started learning more about crypto, and I was like, well, dude, I want to custody all my own stuff. I don't want it on somebody else's. And then um, I put it on Compound. Yeah. And Compound was the first thing I ever used where – I could borrow against it. And one of yeah. my buddies tells me, because I was getting into buying a ton of NFTs, right? Yeah. And he was like, dude, don't buy the NFTs. Like, put it first on compound, borrow against it, then buy the NFTs, and that way you have exposure to both. Right. And so that's what I did. But the problem was I over-leveraged. Yeah. You know? And that's and that's a big problem with a lot of people. And, and in fact, you know, when you see these massive cascading dumps in the crypto market... Um, that's usually liquidations happening right in front of your eyes. Right. But the cool part about it is we usually, remember how I said, you know, DeFi is kind of like fractional reserve banking, but with gravity. So the cool thing is once the liquidations stop, we, we hit that floor, right? And usually don't see it go down very much more than that. And so we're, our, our floors, I feel, are, are getting higher and higher because of that. And people are getting smarter and smarter. Like you're like, you're probably sitting there going like, man, I don't want to get liquidated. It sucks. So what are people doing? They're just learning better ways so that they don't get liquidated. Right. Yeah. I think crypto investors are definitely becoming more sophisticated versus it still is the wild west by, by all means, but it's, I guess, a more tamed yeah. wild west than what it was even a couple of years ago. Yeah. It's it's definitely the wild, wild west, but the technology has gotten much, much better. Uh, you have to be careful, and that's, you know, one of the first lessons in our course that we teach is security and also looking out for scams because they are very clever. They're yeah. very clever out there. So you have to be very mindful of that. The scams in crypto are outrageous. Like, now that I have my own NFT project, like, I have to constantly tell people, I will never DM you on Discord. Yeah. Like, uh, if somebody's DMing you as me, it's a scam. Yeah. I'll never ask you for your wallet. I'll never ask you for anything. Yeah. No, I have 10 scammers popping up as me, and I'm sure you get this all the time. Dude, uh, some guy's pretending to be you, and I'm just like, man, come on. I've, how come people don't know more about this? So, yeah, we'll never DM you. Uh, that's a big, big, big deal, And but people fall for it, you know, all day long. Yeah. All day long, unfortunately. One of my buddies lost over a million dollars. Oh, my gosh. In one of those scams. Whoa. Yeah. That's the most I've heard yeah. so far. Yeah, a I won't million. say who it is, but um, we're going to make it back. We're, we're working on some things that uh, you know, are going to be great. So Nice. Anyways, uh, 
Tell me about all these other ways of DeFi. Um, actually, there is a third thing I did. I forgot about this. So um, I originally bought this crypto called Pancake Bunny. You ever heard of it? I sure You have. sure know it. Okay, <laughs> here we go. So yeah, wait, wait, We're getting into the degen category right now. So let's go, let's go going, into the deep we're end. We're going straight from BlockFi <laughs> <laughs> to degen. To degen. Okay, so one of my buddies starts telling me about Pancake Bunny. And, uh, you know, he's like, look, dude, like this is honestly kind of like it's going to, it's a straight up Ponzi. Like it's going to topple at some point. You know, it's just a matter of you're guessing when it's going to happen. Yeah. And um, he's like, but he's like, I think it's going to be fine and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you look at these things like Pancake Bunny and other stuff that are promising like thousands and thousands of percent <laughs> return. Yeah. Like, what are they doing? Well, so here's what they do. They, they end up pumping out like a massive amount of supply uh, within the first two, three months, right? Or the first year. And what they're doing is they're giving you like a annual percentage rate uh, calculation based off of their token, not off USD value. Right. So what you'll see in a lot of these like farms, single asset staking pools, borrowing and lending protocols, um, you've got this 1000% APR or, or sometimes they'll hyper compound it for you. You know, you'll have a higher APY annual percentage yield, which is different. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, my gosh. I, we had one that was 58 billion percent. <laughs> Total okay, DJ. It's not that crazy. No. no, this one, actually, Mark Cuban was in on this one. I saw him do yeah. that. Like, yeah. and, my, and my brother put in a huge stack. Sorry, I don't mean to. Was this download. time? Uh, no, this was um, um, iron. Okay. This was iron. Because time did that, too. Yeah, time did the same thing. You, the, the, but that that was a DAO. That wasn't a, a farm. Okay. But this one was way gnarly. Yeah, time had a pretty uh, high one and Olympus DAO, all yeah. these, you know, DAOs that were so big at the uh, end we'll, of we'll last year. We'll talk about DAOs here in yeah. a sec. Like, let's stick to the farm. So, so like, pancake. The, so, what ends up happening is they just they dump all this supply on the market and then they hope that a network effect takes place. Because, to be quite honest with you, you talk about Ponzi's, like everything is a Ponzi. The stock market's a Ponzi. Maybe not real estate. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh, any Bitcoin is a Ponzi. When you take a look at it, there's so many different forks of Bitcoin that it's crazy. But the one that stuck was the one that got network effect, right? Right. So, but so that their idea is okay. If we have enough people who buy into this, we'll be able to create some liquidity um, by adding some legitimate cryptos into here, giving us a high. Um, a high amount of TVL, total value locked. And 99% of them fail. Uh, so you have to really, really be careful what you get into. But that's what they're doing. Is they, just, they're, they fail because they don't get the network effect. They don't get the network effect. They don't get the TVL. And then it's just, there's nothing backing the token. Right. And it just They're just printing new tokens with nothing. With nothing. With nothing. So it's pretty, it's pretty wild. In fact, you know, we're working on our educational platform because that's one of like the fundamental things that i always ask everybody like so many people go what what do you think about this token and i'm always like what does it do yeah and then the second question is what is it backed by right because more importantly if it's not backed by anything and i think people are getting smarter and smarter you're seeing it like with luna buying bitcoin right they're backing luna with bitcoin that you have to have something backing it unlike our dollar right right, right. <laughs> well we have the u.s government backing it yeah Oh, whatever that means. <laughs> yeah, you know, we expect them to be responsible. Yeah, I um, trust them. <laughs> so, 
okay, I, I understand what was happening with Pancake Bunny. Explain, like, what a, a farm is. Like, what is it? Yeah, so before we talk about a farm, we, you have to understand what a liquidity pool is. Okay. So now is the time I'm going to break this down into the kindergarten right. lesson, right? Let's hear it. So let's, let's think about, like, the NASDAQ, right? Um, when I go to buy um, Apple on the NASDAQ, and I don't know what it tra- it's trading for because I don't really buy stocks, but uh, last time I checked, it was like 170, right? Well, on the opposite side of Apple, I need an equal amount of dollars to have a liquid pair so that I can come in and go, all right, I need to, if I want to buy this, uh, this uh, Apple, it's 170 bucks. I'm able to do that if I want to sell out of it. I have $170 guaranteed on this other side that I can sell out of it into, mm-hmm. okay? And each time that there's a trade into Apple or out of Apple, uh, the NASDAQ makes anywhere between 10 and 150 bucks on average based off of the volume of the trade. Now, a lot of people say, well, no, you know, I don't pay fees at uh, TD Ameritrade or Robinhood. Well, you don't, but somebody does. Uh, and usually that's those, the big funds. Like last year we had this meme stuff going on with, um, uh, AMC and all these different, uh, things. So they end up paying for these fees, but the NASDAQ makes a ridiculous amount of money. So does the New York stock exchange. So that's called providing liquidity. Why do they make fees? Well, because they give you access to the stocks and provide liquidity. Essentially, they're the bank. Well, I'm saying, or sorry, the question was, how do the, why do the funds pay those fees? Why do the funds pay those fees? That's a very good question. That's to get access to your data. So like you've seen, uh, there was the social dilemma or whatever, where if you're not paying for a service, you are the product. You're the product in Robinhood. You're the product in TD Ameritrade. Uh, And they use that to bet against you, or at least use your data to win more often than they lose. Yeah, and I've I've talked about that with other stock traders who've come on where Robinhood's essentially just front-running you mm-hmm. on all your trades. 100%. And, the, you know, like, don't get me wrong, it happens in crypto as well, but at least it's transparent. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you've got, like, the blockchain, and you're like, oh, okay, I got screwed. There, it's like, you have this contract that you scroll through, you just get me to the end, and then, you know, yeah. and you never realize that, you know, these guys and gals, whoever they are, are using your data to, to really analyze like how they move markets. And it's, they don't use, they're not inclusive, right? No, it's not public. No. And so, so, you know, when's the last time like the NASDAQ called anybody and said, Hey, you want to participate in, uh, in our liquidity, you know, said no centralized exchange ever. And so what's happening now is we have these smart contracts where we're all able to pool our money together. So let's say, for instance, you end up having uh, 10000 bucks that you want to put towards your Bitcoin and Ethereum, okay. okay? So just like the NASDAQ where I had to have Apple and cash, here you're going to do a pair of Bitcoin and Ethereum, right? And you've got to have 50-50 of value, USD value on each. So if I'm going to put it into a liquidity pool, I have $10,000. I need to have $5,000 in Bitcoin, $5,000 in Ethereum. Mm-hmm. And then let's say I have $10,000 and the whole pool is worth $100,000. I put that $10,000 in. I now own uh, 10% of the liquidity pool. Right. Okay. And I get that in the form of a liquidity pool token, which is a cryptocurrency. 
So specific to that liquidity pool. I'm sorry? Specific to that liquidity pool? Correct. Okay. And so depending on uh, the volume, the amount of uh, liquidity that you own in that liquidity pool is going to be your APR, your annual percentage rate that you're going to earn. Okay? So how many trades are going on? How much liquidity? And sometimes if there's like not enough liquidity, uh, they pay you even higher. So what ends up happening is with that liquidity pool, every single trade I make a minimum of 0.3%. Okay, or between 0.25 and 0.3%, depending on the decentralized exchange, which we'll talk about here in a second. If you're listening to this podcast, then my guess is you're interested in real estate investing. Some of you are just starting out while others are trying to scale their business to the next level. But the problem is with so much information out there, most people don't know which program or coach to trust. Well, I'm a bit biased, but I believe my company, Future Flipper, can help you get to the next level. We've coached thousands of students from all over the world on how to build their real estate investing business. It doesn't matter whether you want to flip, wholesale, or buy rentals. Our coaching program has everything you need to become a great investor. There are many things that we include with coaching, but to give you a few examples, you're going to get an accountability coach. These are people that have had success in their own business, and they want to make sure that you achieve success in yours. We also have all of our documents, our systems, and processes that I've used to buy hundreds of homes. You can copy and paste them directly into your own business. And we have events where you get to meet me, top-level guest speakers, and other students who are crushing it. My students do deals with each other, and I personally do deals with them too. In fact, at a recent event, I just honored over 20 people in our program that made over a million dollars in the last year. So if you want to grow your real estate business, head over to futureflipper.com and apply for a call with our team. The call is completely free and they can help point you in the right direction whether you work with us or not. So go to futureflipper.com and book your call today. For the last year, the real estate market has been on absolute fire. Prices are at all-time highs, interest rates are at all-time lows, and there is more money in the economy than ever. But with so much competition, many investors are sitting on cash, struggling to find great deals. If this sounds like you, then you need to invest with Pineda Capital. With my network and social media following, we get access to the best real estate deals all over the country. And if you're an accredited investor, you can invest with me on those deals. In fact, last year, we purchased a 334-unit apartment complex in Georgia for almost $20 million. We expect it to be worth well over $30 million when it's all said and done. Our goal with each deal is to build in so much equity from the beginning that we're able to refinance our investors' cash out and own the properties together with little to no money into the deal. And the best part is, you don't have to do anything. Our team will find the deals, handle the renovations, get them leased, and eventually refinanced or sold. All you have to do is provide the capital. So if you want exclusive access to our deals before they hit the public, go to PinedaCapital.com to schedule a call. We can put your money to work today to start getting you great returns. So go to PinedaCapital.com now to get access to our deals. And so now what's happening is I'm putting my liquidity to work with thousands of other people in the world, okay? Uh, And you can come in with very little amounts of money or, you know, be a whale and put in a whole bunch of money into these liquidity pools. And so that's how we're kind of earning more yield. Now, a farm is a little bit different. So in in that, in a liquidity pool, I earn Bitcoin and I earn Ethereum. Okay. I thought you earned the the token that that pool creates. No, well, I earn a liquidity pool token, which is essentially a derivative of Bitcoin and Ethereum. Cause when I go cash it out, I have more liquidity pool tokens. 
Okay, so explain before we jump into forms, uh, just so I fully understand this. Um, I'm going to put my Bitcoin and Ethereum in there, or I can choose. I can put cash or... Well, you, there's different pairs. So you may have like Bitcoin, USDC, or right. Ethereum and USDT. I just have to bring one of them. Well, you have to bring both. Really? Okay. You always have to bring both. So I would have to have five grand of USDC and five grand of Bitcoin. Correct. Okay. And so I just... Would it be called staking them in the pool? Yeah, you would stake them in the pool. Exactly. Okay. So I stake them in the pool, and now, because I provided liquidity, I'm getting paid out this pool's tokens. Correct. And how do I make money off those tokens? And so those, so when I go to cash out, let's say I got 10 liquidity pool tokens. Uh, a year from now, let's say I had an APR of 100%. A year from now, I come back, and I have 20 now. And so, and the idea is that, your Bitcoin and Ethereum grew almost at the same pace um, because if not, you're faced with something called impermanent loss. And so that's a whole other <laughs> subject that we can talk about. But so you have to really understand what you're getting into because, you know, like we were talking about a little earlier, there's these uh, liquidity pools or farms where they're paying you massive interest rates, Pancake Bunny being one of them. Right. Uh, and then you pair your Bitcoin with Pancake Bunny and you risk shifting more of your Bitcoin into Pancake Bunny and Pancake Bunny ends up going down. Yeah, I, I remember, and I, it might have been Bitcoin, but yeah, I would put my Bitcoin up and then I would be paid in Bunny. Right. And that's the liquidity pools token. No, that, no. so no, so that is a farm. Okay. So the f- difference between a farm and a liquidity pool is in the, far, in the liquidity pool, you're going to get paid in that liquidity pool token, which is Bitcoin and Ethereum. Got it. In a farm, you take your liquidity pool tokens over to the farm and you get paid in Pancake Bunny. Right. So uh, now usually because there's, you know, either hype or the crypto uh, that you're farming does something, you're going to get paid a higher APR. Okay. And that's the intent of farming. You want to get a higher APR than you would just staking it into a liquidity pool earning straight percentage yield from trades happening and how does okay so to back up to the liquidity pool and i'm sure there's lots of people listening who are confused um (laughs) so i'm getting paid in whatever it is i am staking in this liquidity pool correct um where's that money coming from in the liquidity pool yeah okay so in the in the liquidity pool when you say where's that money coming from, you're talking like the other 90%? No, no, no. I'm talking the interest that I'm making. Okay, so so remember how I gave you the NASDAQ uh, yeah. example. So every time there's a trade, the NASDAQ makes anywhere between 10 and $150, yeah, right. depending on the volume of the trade. Well, for us, it's the same thing, except let's say you, know, you have whoever, John coming in who's in India – and he, very Indian name, um, <laughs> uh, who wants to buy Bitcoin and he's got Ethereum. Well, when he trades that Ethereum for Bitcoin, a fee is charged of 0.3% minimum. And this is happening in the pool smart contract. Correct. I get it. And okay. now that money goes into uh, the liquidity pool and gets divvied among the investors of the liquidity pool. The people providing liquidity. Right. And you're getting paid based on the portion of the pool that you own. That's it? I get it. 
And I hope everyone listening gets it now. Okay. Now, the next stage of a pool then is the farm. Right. So now you take your liquidity pool token. So I've set up my liquidity pool and I have this representation of my percentage in my investment in a liquidity pool. Right. Then I come over to, let's say, you know, a very famous farm is Sushi. Yeah. Right. I've been uh, in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. I was one of the early investors in it. And, um, and so I took, uh, I take those liquidity pool tokens and I put it into a Sushi farm that is a Bitcoin, Ethereum, Sushi farm. And based off of uh, the value of sushi and then the, also the volume of the trade on the liquidity pool side, I get a higher APY, which is, I'm sorry, APR, which is annual percentage rate most of the time. It's not going to be all the time, but most of the time. Like if the, if the actual cryptocurrency does have value that you're farming, sushi, sushi, right? Usually the APR is going to be much higher. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, you know how dumb this sounds? Like, just all these dumb names. I'm like, sushi. Like, this is what we're talking about here. Like, we're talking about millions and millions of dollars with some coin called sushi and pancake bunny. Billions. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> you know, it's it's so arbitrary, though, because it's like, I don't know. I'm, like, kind of up here wearing a suit and, like, a little stuffy. But I'm, it's it's kind of funny because... Even the stock market, it's so arbitrary. Like, what are stocks trading for now? Like, I heard something like 29 times uh, uh, what the actual value of the the actual company is. And I'm going, you know, so let's throw a little fun in there, right? Like, yeah. how do we move You know what, I'd value? rather buy sushi than Panda Express. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> And Panda Express sounds just as silly, in my opinion, yeah. but... <laughs> you know, funny story, one of the golf courses I um, golf at the founder of panda express is there i'm like this guy invented orange chicken like this guy's a legend dude. yeah um but anyways so you go into the farm you basically kind of do a pull again and instead of being paid ethereum or bitcoin you're just paid in sushi correct and theoretically if sushi is keeps going up your apr is higher correct and sometimes it goes down, and, and you, it still will be higher. It just depends on the use case of the farmable token. And they're getting much better and better because they're adding different things. You know what I actually things. think I did with Bunny was I bought Bunny, and then I staked it in the, the Bunny farm, and it just gave me more Bunny. Yeah. So, okay, so Bunny was an actual aggregator. So an aggregator is where... Let's say I'm getting paid in, and I keep saying this, and I'm not sure if you're catching it, but I keep saying APR yeah. versus APY. Yeah, what's the difference? Okay, so APR is annual percentage rate. So let's say, for instance, I put my Bitcoin and Ethereum here, and I get 50%, and I just don't do anything. I'm just taking that 50%, and I'm spending it or doing whatever. APY is I'm taking that 50% that's getting paid to me, and I'm rolling it back in. It's to, compounding. It's yeah. It's exactly. So I'm compounding, and that that's what the the difference is between so APY, APY is going to be way higher, way higher. And so like Pancake Bunny was an aggregator. So it using a smart contract, it automatically rolled it your was dividends. Compounding for me. Correct. And that was kind of the the big thing. It was one of the original ones actually. That and Auto Farm, uh, that actually did that uh, on a smart contract, but. You know, we couldn't do it on Ethereum because Ethereum was way too expensive gas. in gas fees. Yeah. So once Binance Smart Chain came out and they started using that technology on there, I mean, it just blew it seems up. like um, that's BNB, right? 
B&B, yeah. Seems like that's where all the scams are at. <laughs> uh, you know, yes and no. There's scams everywhere, right. man. There's scams in every single blockchain. I should say it's chain. where all these Ponzi schemes are at. There's a lot of Ponzi's. There's yeah. a lot of Ponzi's in, in B&B, uh, but there's a lot of great projects, in my opinion. Yeah. You know? And then again, it just kind of goes back to what is a Ponzi, you know, like <laughs> the United States dollar isn't a Ponzi, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, no, for sure. For sure it is. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. I understand what a pool is. I understand what a farm is. What's a DAO? So a DAO, you know, it's funny for somebody who's been in crypto for a long time, like you and I, a DAO was just a decentralized uh, organization, right? Yeah, autonomous As, organization. Right, decentralized autonomous organization where nobody really owned it and it was it was governed by the owners of the uh of the token, right? I mean, like technically Ethereum is a DAO, right? Yeah, and they had the DAO hack. Right. Back in uh what was it? Twenty no t- twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. Yeah. Uh and so talk about like an exploit. I mean, that Ethereum should have failed after that, but it didn't. You know? Right. And now we have Ethereum Classic, which is the original. The original. Yep. Yeah. But um, but now what ended up happening was at the end of the year, Dow was given a whole other uh, description. And that was um, they were investing into different cryptocurrencies and giving the token value using other cryptocurrencies. So like, let's say for instance, you had uh, Olympus DAO or one of these where the Olympus, uh, or actually I should say, let's talk about Terra Luna because it's one of the ones that's like, that's succeeding even better. Terra Luna is a DAO? Well, kind of because, yeah, well, because it's now being backed by Bitcoin. Okay. So when people think about a DAO, it's, a crypto that's backed by cryptos or derivatives of real world uh, stuff such as real estate or gold or stocks even. We have that all that in, on the blockchain now. So right. uh, so they're backed by actually something given the, um, the platform value or the cryptocurrency value as opposed to Pancake Bunny that didn't have really any value, <laughs> right? Except right. for maybe it's liquidity pool and pancake swap. So Yeah. So I still don't understand though like, you know, okay, take Olympus Dow, which we said crashed. Mm-hmm. Um, these guys, whoever, they start a Dow, mm-hmm. right? And so they create what is Olympus Dow's token? Just, I don't even know. What is it at price? Well, like, what is it called? Uh, well, Olympus. It's called uh, Olympus. Yeah. Okay, so basically, they start this token with this Dow. Mm-hmm. What what happens? Like. Yeah, so what ended up happening, in my opinion, was they started pumping out, like like I said earlier, they started pumping out like a massive amount of this token so quickly that the APR was like through the roof, right? But even before that, like, <laughs> if somebody, okay, let's just start from the top. Yeah. Okay, I, Ryan Pineda, want to start a DAO. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, I don't control it, right? I just control the the initial rules to start it. Like, how's it work? <sighs> It's very tricky, and I'm I'm actually working right now with some devs on our DAO because, like, um, you know, in my company, we actually take fifty percent of profits and we put it into our DAO. Okay. Uh, essentially, it's just uh, a pool of money that we've invested into different DeFi protocols. Uh, the key thing, though, is and the, the hard thing is linking uh, using uh, like Link, right? Which is a um, um, I'm blanking on 
on what link is right now. A, uh, anyways, you, you're able to link uh, the price of your investments to the price of the token. So essentially you have like a floor, right? Right. So let's say I have a million dollars worth of, of, um, of ArcDAO tokens, which is what our token is going to be called. And what ends up happening is with having a million dollars, I have a million ArcDAO tokens in circulation. Well, the price of my ArcDAO tokens is going to be $1, right? right? right. That's the floor. Now, with speculation, if people start buying it up, the price can appreciate, but you always have that floor. So that's... that's is backed by a million dollars. Ish. Right, yeah. I can buy like a million dollars worth of USDC. Right, right? I get it. Okay. And I just have it there and it's earning whatever, 30% interest in a DeFi protocol. Which on a side note is what Tether claimed they were doing, but we won't even get into that. Right, not yeah. a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not a doubt. And, you know, hopefully one day they'll they'll present some information as to like what they're actually holding. I, I think they are going to do it one day. I, you know, and They're definitely not holding one-to-one. No, definitely not. And I think the way Tether blew up was back in 2017 with the rise of Bitcoin. And then also the second time around, uh, the, the DeFi summer and, and yeah. stuff that led up until last year. But they're definitely not a DAO. So the, the idea of a DAO is you're having a crypto that has like a floor value. Yeah, so your, your DAO, say you put a million bucks in, has a million dollar floor. Everybody starts bidding it up because they're like, oh, we love this DAO. We think it's going to rise because they're going to invest in yield farms and other things mm-hmm. that would basically give, would they give dividends to the owner? Like, how does it work? <laughs> no, it just, it's just, it just increases the I value mean, of it. You could do whatever you want with it, right? I guess right. you could say, hey, we, we're going to give you a, a certain airdrop or something. But this, again, where does that value come from? So it's just, you can slice it however you want. The, the, the hard thing, though, is kind of keeping it so that it doesn't really explode and then crumble on itself. And in my opinion, you, this is just my opinion, you slow down the amount of ArcDAO tokens that comes out uh, so you have a very, very limited supply and you don't, there's not as many people that can dump the token, which is a big deal. I mean, look at, again, Pancake Bunny, Auto Farm, a lot of these uh, DeFi protocols where they just inject a ton of, of crypto and I don't want to say liquidity, but their cryptos into the market and then people hold them, people start speculating, there's a frenzy and then the people that got in at the beginning start dumping and it just crumbles in on itself. So. Right. As the world starts to go more digital, you need to be aware of which businesses are going to thrive in the future. One of the obvious ones is e-commerce. In fact, last year, e-commerce sales did over $4 trillion globally, and it's continuing to grow. Now, if you're like most people, you probably don't have time to learn a whole new industry and start a new business, but there is another way. You could partner with us at Lunar Ecom. We have over 300 e-commerce stores that we have created and managed for our clients. And the best part is it's completely passive on their end. The business model is very simple. You cover the cost of creating and running the store. We handle everything else. We pick the products, we handle fulfillment, returns, and customer satisfaction. After all that, we split profits at the end of the month. This means that when you win, we win. If you wanna learn more about how it works, you can watch our case study at lunarecom.com. 
I believe that the e-commerce space is going to continue to explode as the world goes digital. So make sure you're with the right partner who's going to be ahead of those trends. So go schedule a call with my team today at LunarEcom.com if you want to learn about how we can start taking your passive income to the moon. Most people want to get rich at all costs. They make sacrifices with their family, their health, and their faith all in the pursuit of money without even realizing it. But what if I told you it doesn't have to be that way? What if you could grow your wealth in all areas of life? Well, it's possible, and that's why I created The Wealthy Way. It's a community of people striving to grow together in all areas. And we have multiple tools free to use that are completely free. You can get access to The Wealthy Way Planner, where you can set goals and hold yourself accountable on a daily basis. We also have our Wealth Builder Academy, which is over four hours of content teaching you how to manage your time, create the right goals, and all the biggest secrets I've used to grow my life, not only in my net worth, but in all aspects. Lastly, we have our Discord community where thousands of wealth builders are all over the world encouraging one another and growing together. And once again, all of this is completely free. There are no upsells, there are no hidden catches. For me, this is a passion project and I wanna build a community of like-minded people. So if you wanna start living the wealthy way today, go to wealthyway.com. There you can get all the free resources like the course, planner, and Discord community. So go to wealthyway.com. So how does the DAO make money? Like, how do you get paid? How does everyone make money? Yeah, so let's say, for instance, you have, well, you have to take a look at it because there's different things in DAOs, like governance, right? And that's really where the DAO sprang from. So like one of our favorite projects, uh, Frax, um, you're able to stake your Frax and what ends up happening is, depending on how much frax you have staked, uh, you're able to put your, your weight behind a vote on where things get invested into. Right. So let's say, for instance, in frax, they have a, a farm, and then they have a token that gets paid out called FXS, or frax shares, in that farm. And when that happens, um, the people who own the frax token can make uh, decisions as to how much percentage they actually want to allocate towards a certain farm. Right. So that's, that's kind of where uh, a lot of these, uh, this, this, these tokens and these platforms are headed towards in terms of DAO, where instead of like me just making a decision like we're going to invest in this or we're going to invest in Pancake Bunny, right. uh, you have consensus among the community based off of their tokens that they hold. Yeah, so you're not depending on just your knowledge. You're kind of just aligning yourself with this community who you like their philosophies and you're like, all right, we're going to invest together in these things. Right, and then and then you all make decisions together based off of you know how much you own and usually have staked in that protocol. But there, there has to be some central authority who's like basically saying, hey, all right, we're up for our next vote. Right. You know. Yeah, and that's that's just the the developers uh, and the investors uh, in down the team of of like Frax, let's say. Yeah, the, they're the ones. So there is still it's not so decentralized, right? I mean, to have full decentralization, it would be a nightmare, right? Yeah, because in my <laughs> mind, I'm thinking, okay, these DAOs are, you know, the decentralized, autonomous. They don't need anybody, no. and I'm like, okay, so they're building a smart contract that is gonna, you know choose what happens next and like how do they even do that but from what you're saying that just isn't how it happens right yeah no it's definitely not how it happens and and there you do need some people kind of coming up with these uh different things to uh, vote on to vote on and all that stuff okay so with all this DeFi 
stuff, like whether it's farming or pools or DAOs, like what's the biggest risk? So, you know, for me, um, if you don't know what you're doing, it's probably a rug pull, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, luckily, uh, you know, there's no wood here, but, uh, knock on wood, we haven't, uh, I personally haven't experienced a rug pull. Some of my students prior to coming on board to us have, um, that's number one. Uh, number two would be, and this is to me more dangerous because I'm not a developer, um, and you don't know what you don't know. And that would be like an exploit on a smart contract. Um, and, and it's getting better and better. Um, but it's still, it's still there. And, and as the technology and, and we go through these things, uh, just only time will tell kind of like where we end up, but, uh, it's just, it's getting better and better every day in my opinion. Yeah. Things are getting more secure. Yeah. So, I mean, when I see one of these pools that's promising a 500% return, maybe it's not 8 billion percent. Where it's like, yeah, obviously that's a scam. But even when I look at five hundred percent, I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, obviously that's a scam. Right? Like, how does, like, what's the risk on something like that? How does that happen? You know, usually when a when something or a protocol is offering you such a high interest rate, um, again, it's it's the beginning and it's their way to hook the investors in. You know, I look at again these are the these are the things that I look at. I look at the team to make sure that they're doxed. Uh, so that we're not dealing with any anonymous people. Right. Um, I look at the actual uh, smart contract audits. Usually even that, sometimes it's it's tough. Uh, because Where do you find an audit? So usually it's on their website. Okay. So you'll see like Certic um, is, is probably the main one. Um, Trail of Bits is another one. There's a lot of different companies that audit uh, contracts. So you want to make sure that there's no like real emergency things that they need to fix. Uh, and be careful too, because there's a lot of forks of projects as well, and they'll use the audit from you know, let's say uh, there's a fork of Frax. Right. Uh, they'll use the audit of Frax, but then they'll change the code a little bit and go, oh, we're just a Frax fork, and then you end up totally wrecked. So you want to make sure that that you do go through the audit and you know who the the um, the developers are, and then. Lastly, you want to take a look at the total value locked because if there's just, you know, a million or five million, you're probably, you're not going to lose your money per se. You're not going to get rug pulled, but it's uh, most likely that the project will collapse and then you've made all these moves for nothing. Right. Which is why like time and those things collapsed. No, time, time collapsed because of something way, way different. It's just, it was all about hype and speculation yeah. and it just blew up. And then it, it just, there was that, the, the floor wasn't, was way lower than what it was worth. Like the stock market essentially. <laughs> right. Right. So one, I always hear some of my buddies talk about is hex. Yeah. What do you think of hex? Oh man. Uh, People love that. Dude. Yeah, their tribal, their their tribe is. They've got the strongest community, dude. They do. They ha- and and again, coming back to just network effect, I think time is or time. Uh, Hex has done a phenomenal job. Uh, I'm not personally invested in it. Uh, I probably should have, but you know, I don't. I should have, could have, would have. But uh, remind me to tell you my sheep story. But uh, but yeah, I it just. It, it is, there's like Ponzi-nomics in there, in yeah. my opinion. But again, 
when you look at Bitcoin, like look at all the forks of Bitcoin, right? right. You have Bitcoin Cash, you have Bitcoin Diamond, you have Bitcoin Gold. Yeah, yeah. All of them are superior to Bitcoin, but which was the one that, you know, ended up catching? The OG, yeah. right? And so, and why? Because they had a, a network effect. They have a good community. Hex is the same thing. They just have a great community. Um, I haven't looked too much into Hex just because I, I, I didn't like what I saw at the beginning. Not meaning that it's a bad project. It just wasn't for me. Right. So, but there, I've, I have a ton of students who have made millions of dollars come on board with us and, and – you know, they're totally hex. They'll never sell their hex. So. <laughs> they're hexagons. <laughs> they're dude. hexagons. Dude, that's so funny. Yeah. Uh, so, like, would hex be considered uh, a liquidity pool? Like, what would they be considered? Well, no. According to what I remember about hex, and I always get asked this question. I need to study it a little bit more. But um, I believe that you're staking hex just yep. as a single asset, and you're just receiving yield on that. And I think it was something like 36%. Yeah, how do they even create their yield? By printing more hex? By printing more hex. Same that's way the thought. United States government does it. Yeah. Okay. I've seen that a lot. Yeah. At least that's very straightforward to me. Lock up your hex. You can't sell it and we'll pay you more hex right. from the reserve. But then, you know, and this is why, like, the question is, like, what is hex backed by? What gives hex value? I mean, I guess you could go all the way down to Bitcoin and ask, like, what, you know, and I always get this, like, this, uh, you know, argument from Bitcoin Max, he's like, well, it's just the network and and how much money has been put into it and all that stuff. I'm like, yeah, but like <laughs> at the end of the day, like you can't eat a freaking Bitcoin, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can't eat an Ethereum. Like yeah. you, you can't drink it. Like, so in my opinion- That's why I like real estate. Yeah, you know what? And that, and honestly, and I've been buying, I've been buying real estate now. I've been transferring a lot over to it. But I think even real estate can be put on the blockchain and be made more liquid. And I, that's for another conversation. Well, no, I mean, that's 100% what we are doing at Tykes. So, oh, no um, way. Yeah. We're, we're going to be NFTing real estate and fractionalizing funds and syndication. And, uh, yeah, that's my goal is to literally build the strongest community for digital real estate. Um, through my NFT project and we're building a back end business that's going to be doing, some cool things. So can I ask you a question? Cause yeah. I, I've last year, I really started, uh, digging deep into this. Cause I think there's I, that market in and of itself is going to explode trillions, trillions. Um, so, you know, the idea that I was thinking, and I, I didn't read this anywhere, but maybe you're already onto it. Cause you're a smart guy is you're taking now these NFTs that are essentially backed by the real estate. I'm assuming. Yep. Yep. And, now you own it, and what's cool is, let's say you have kind of like a Zillow-type interface where you can go, hey, I've got you know my NFT from my property in Missouri, mm -hmm. and I want to take this NFT and put it up as collateral and borrow against it in USDC. Right. And so I take that NFT, I put it over here, and then like I have this Zillow thing that's like giving me all the comps yep. in that area, and let's say, you know, whatever, I bought, I bought the NFT for... 100,000, it's now appreciated to 150,000, and I want to go get a loan for 25. Right. I put that up, and based off of the algorithm, I'm able to just put it up, no credit check, no nothing, withdraw that, uh, that 25,000 instantly based off of once I get the price and all that stuff, right? right. No underwriting, it's a no nothing. It's a refi. It's a, you know, it's, it's a credit line. It's, it's no different than what I did with Compound uh -huh. Ethereum. Exactly. Right? But, you know, 
you don't want to get liquidated. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's the pro- that's that's kind of the thing that I kind of thought about because I'm like, well, if you get liquidated, yeah. how do you yeah, how do you so, do that? Yeah, for me, there's so many ways to make money in crypto and there's all these different communities being built, the hexagons, the Bitcoin maxis, the crypto gaming people. Yeah. Um my goal is to build the digital real estate community because there's not really anyone else doing it and I think I have the understanding and the influence to bring the right people together. Nice. Um, so yeah, that's my big goal with Tykes. So anybody listening, if you've made it to this far, you're probably not a typical real estate person who listens to this podcast because right. we're going in depth about <laughs> things that uh, probably don't interest a lot of people. But uh, Tykes is definitely for you. Uh, you can join the Discord and you know get ready for our launch um, by going to tykes.io. Nice man. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's gonna be fun, dude. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I and like I said, the biggest I mean, some of the biggest use case for blockchain and crypto and NFTs is real estate. And that's something tangible that, you know, I just bought a property in Costa Rica and, you know, we're gonna be mining Bitcoin out of there and stuff <laughs> like that. And but we got you know, our own water source coming from the spring there. We have our own food source uh, coming from there. And see, those are things that have value. Because, like, at the end of the day, you can't eat your dollars. You can't eat your gold. Yeah. You know, like, it, you can't live in your dollar. <laughs> like, that's... Yeah, real estate, hands down, has more utility than any other asset class. Any other asset. And it's not even close. But it's not liquid. But I think it's Yet. coming. I think it's coming. Yeah. I and that's the coming. big change that nfts will provide for real estate and i've I've been saying this forever is the moment you make real estate liquid (laughs) guess what's gonna happen to the price of real estate it's done it's just gonna go parabolic yeah and so i'm buying as much real estate as i can to one day down the road nft these things and uh yeah give you guys a little preview of things i'm thinking about but yeah that's sick man yeah that's sick I'll be I'll be waiting in line to ready to mint. Well, you know what, dude? <laughs> we're we're gonna give you guys some whitelist spots for your students and um, nice. you know, for you and everything else. And uh yeah, it's gonna be big. Nice, man. I love it. Yeah. We teach we do we actually teach NFTs. We do NFT gaming, we teach uh you Which know, is the what art most stuff. people are yeah. into, crypto right. gaming. And that's great. I mean, like that's kind of I feel like the wave of NFTs right now. Yeah. But I'm jumping because I, I love real estate. And yeah. like I know what's going to happen. I can already see it. Well, and I'm, I'm not much of a gamer. So like you tell me this stuff and you know, I'm just like, I, that's the sort of stuff that I want to pounce on. Cause again, it's got the best use case in the world, in my opinion. Yeah. And it's going to be a multi-trillion dollar industry. So yeah. Yeah, man. For sure. For sure. Well, dude, uh, it's been a blast having you on. I learned a lot Likewise. about DeFi. Um, for those who want to get in your coaching program or learn more about DeFi, uh, where do they find it? Yeah, so you can go to arcrypto.io. Um, we have some videos up there, some testimonials, uh, some videos as to like kind of how we work, a little bit more detail as to how we work. Um, and then, you know, you just reach out to us. We're all word of mouth. We don't do any advertising. Uh, we want our students to be happy, and we've always been uh, very, very strong believers of that. So uh, let us know how we can help. Yeah, sounds good. So we'll link to all that down below. And uh, guys, once again, thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Thanks for watching The Ryan Pineda Show. If you want to work with me, head over to ryanpineda.com. You can find my courses, coaching programs, and upcoming events. We also have free resources you can download. So head over to ryanpineda.com.